2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dada. Well, I want to start looking into the Dallas Cowboys a little bit, um, but we're kind of in this like semi-offseason Territory. And I understand a lot of people don't care, but there's some major news going on. And I'm I'm a huge offseason fan, anyways, which is such a weird thing to say. The offseason was like a mourning period, like oh, football's gone, and my life sucks until football starts again. Now it's like, bro, I love the offseason so much. But we're in a semi-off season period because what half the NFL is in their offseason right now. And by the way, I love this. I just I pulled up an article, but it's PFF, so they've got the score or the uh, the season up ahead. And obviously, it's cut in half. There's only one, two, three, four, five, six games. And there's the Packers sitting there. It's just such a good feeling. It's only the elite teams left. Oh, look, Packers are playing. What's up? But I want to go through this a little bit. PFF's got a little tracker. I didn't really care which one, but I, I like the way that they lay this out. Because not only are they going through some of the the changes that are going on, but they're mentioning who they have requested to interview for jobs. Now, granted, some of these are, are most of these or all of these perhaps are head coaching jobs. But it's still interesting to see some of the names that are popping up because some of these guys are not going to get head coaching jobs. And if you have a defensive coordinator that doesn't actually get a head coaching job, they go to the top of the list for a defensive coordinator job. So it's kind of a it's kind of a two for deal here. But let's just start with the big news. Obviously, Pete Carroll is out. Now, he's still staying in Seattle. He's taking on some kind of an advisor role. He still has a job there, but he is no longer the head coach. That's a big deal. It's kind of interesting because it feels like the coaches are going through something very similar to what the quarterbacks went through. You know, we had all these, you know, again, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Like, we had all these guys that had just been there forever, Phillip Rivers, and they're good, you know, to varying degrees. They're very good. They've been there forever. A decade plus, and all of a sudden they're just all gone. And, and we're in this weird period with a bunch of young quarterbacks. And, you know, we had what, 26 quarterbacks play this year? It was like some kind of a freaking record. Um, because it's just, it's teams trying to figure out the quarterback thing. There's a lot of instability, but it's also a period of excitement. There's a lot of new young people coming up Jordan Love, CJ Stroud, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, that's basically it, but, you know, <laughs> Uh, I mean, you see Dak kind of stepping up into sort of like who's going to be one of the premier guys. Dak is kind of stamping his flag in there saying, dude, don't don't forget about me. And now the coaches are kind of going through. You see Pete Carroll leave. And then the big news, which was kind of expected, but still Bill Belichick out for the Patriots. And I don't know the situation with Bill Belichick. It sounds like based on, you know, I listened to the interview that they did um, and Robert Kraft made some kind of a comment of, we wish him the best of luck except for when he's playing us. For all we know, he's going to retire, or he's going to go to college, or whatever. I can't imagine he goes to college, man. He's, he's, you know. I feel like an, same with Pete Carroll. I feel like a, an advisor role would just make so much more sense. I mean, you know, you get up to a certain age, you don't want to have to try to rebuild a career, or, or, and you don't want to go out in a in a negative fashion as the head coach with like a four win record next year, even though that's kind of how you're going out in New England. But still, you don't want to be in a new team out there on the sideline, just not. Just get up in a booth somewhere and just, like, help out somebody. Do something. I don't know. Whatever. But just real quick going through some of the other stuff. The Atlanta Falcons did hire or fire head coach Arthur Smith, another thing that was somewhat expected. They did keep their uh, general manager, Terry Fontenot. Carolina Panthers, obviously, we know is a complete disaster over there with the quarterback situation. Very weird, but they fired Frank Reich and general manager Scott Federer. Raiders fired uh, general manager Dave Ziegler, head coach Josh McDaniels. Some of these, I mean, you know, not recent, but still, these are the turnovers that have happened. Chargers fired uh, Tom Telesco and head coach Brandon Staley. Patriots let go of Bill Belichick. Uh, Seahawks transitioned head coach Pete Carroll to an advisor role. Titans uh, replaced Mike Vrabel, or, are you know, let go of Mike Vrabel. Commanders fired head coach Ron Rivera and removed GM title from Martin Mayhew. I don't know what's left on his title. I don't really care to look it up, but I'm guessing he was GM and something else, and they just said, no, you suck at picking players, so you can be like VP but not GM or whatever. I have no idea. I don't care. But he's no longer the GM there, and they need to find a new one. Um, Beyond that, again, some of the interesting aspects being um, who's been asked to interview But um, of these, the most sought after is Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions. Um, I don't know how many different uh, teams we've talked about, but as far as we know, five different teams have interviewed him for a head coaching job. Falcons, Panthers, Chargers, Titans, and Commanders. Sounds like the only team I think not on that list is the Patriots because it sounds like they actually have a predecessor all lined up. Um, After that is Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Panthers, Chargers, Titans, Commanders, Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator for the Lions. Lions fans are adamant that Aaron Glenn is useless and not a good candidate. They couldn't care less if he gets hired somewhere else, and I'm guessing he will not get hired somewhere else based on his reputation. Otherwise, Brian Callahan, OC for the Bengals, Todd Munkin, OC for the Ravens, Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator for the Rams. We'll just do defensive coordinators. Um Mike McDonald. So let's do it this way. Dan Quinn has had four interviews. Aaron Glenn, these are all defensive coordinators for the Lions, has had three. Raheem Morris, three. Um, Mike McDonald for the Ravens, two, and then um Patrick Graham for the DC for the Raiders, one. Leslie Frazier, former DC for the Bills, one. Steve Wilkes, 49ers one Antonio Pierce, who took over for the Raiders. Anthony Weaver, we've talked about him a lot for the Ravens. He's been interviewed for a head coaching job for the Commanders. So those are, as far as we know, sort of the top dogs. Now, obviously, Dan Quinn probably not going anywhere, but if you want to know kind of who the most sought-after defensive coordinators are, these are sort of the guys. And also something to consider, even if you think they're not about to make a lateral move over to Green Bay to be a defensive coordinator, which isn't necessarily true, but it's probably true, these are maybe the coaching trees you could also be looking at. Now, I would certainly hate to pluck from the Lions defensive coaching tree, but above him is the Cowboys. You look at that and think, perhaps, I mean, it could just be Dan Quinn as, as, a, you know, as a head coaching candidate, but you would, you would think that if you're going to pluck from a coaching tree, he's the most sought after guy right now. So anyways, very, very interesting offseason ahead of us. Um, A lot of people are already mourning the fact that they can't get in on this uh, class of coaches. Although, eh. first of all, I don't want to hear freaking Chiefs fans complaining about their head coach. Like you had one, I guess you can call it down year in which you're still in the playoffs and could potentially win the Super Bowl. And your offense is struggling because you don't have any wide receivers, which can be remedied relatively easy. Shut up. And uh Bears fans like I get it, but whatever, man. You're coming together. You really want Bill Belichick? I mean, I like Bill Belichick. I really respect the heck out of Bill Belichick, but I just I don't know, man. It's not, you know, 2014. I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just saying. And as far as the thought of being kind of concerned, you know, we're missing out on all these candidates or whatever. You got to remember too almost all if not all of the candidates that we would be interested in are in the playoffs so they're not actually interviewing right now they're not going to interview until they're done so as far as anybody with the baltimore ravens unless we make it further than them um we're we're not going to miss and plus you know these guys are going to want to weigh their options and they're not going to want to miss out on opportunities to go to potential playoff teams as if if there is potential there um So I don't really think there's a massive it's not like a deal is going to get done before the Packers get knocked out and then we're going to miss an opportunity with somebody. So I don't think that's going to be a super big deal either. Otherwise, uh should probably comment on the Rob Domofsky thing. I'm I'm kind of I'm redoing this cuz I was rambling for such a long time and I was kind of running in circles with my thoughts and, and I should probably just summarize this a little bit better. There there seems to be two camps which is you know, burn Rob Domofsky's house down. And then the, you guys are idiots, he didn't say anything, you know, he's not a fan, which I don't know what that even means, but whatever. Look, he, here's the deal. Well, there's there's two components here. Number one, Rob Domofsky is not massively popular. I'm not a fan of Rob Domofsky. He blocked me on social media. Very few people have actually done that, as far as I know. He did do that. Um because of comments i made about him because I, I just there have been several times he's annoyed the crap out of me i don't like him i make that known he got upset about it so that's number one and i think that is an important point point. and to all the rob domofsky defenders it's fair to know that he has built a reputation on his own that's his doing and no it's not because we expect everybody in the media to suck up to the packers that's a that's a lazy take it has nothing to do with that a lot of guys don't suck up to the packers and and don't have this kind of a reputation among Packer fans. He's not liked for a reason. That's number one. Number two, this entire thing, aside from the pro versus anti, in other words, you come into this with a preconceived, or like, it doesn't matter what happened, I'm always going to defend Rob or I'm always going to hate Rob. But aside from that, it really just comes down to whether or not you agree with his assessment. If you agree that the Packers are a year away from being able to compete in this game, if you agree that... Uh, Jair Alexander is, you know, only thinks about himself and will never really return back to 2020 form or 2021 or whatever year and just shows up when he feels like it. Otherwise, doesn't really. I mean, if, if you agree with all of those comments, then, yeah, I mean, all Rob did was go there and just spit straight facts, yo. But if you don't, then you probably wouldn't be too happy about it. And and look, if Adam Schein makes a comment about the Packers the guy gets buried for months and months and months. Packer fans for about a year have have just been piling on this guy. And as everybody's made it explicitly clear, Rob Domofsky is not a Packer fan. He's just a media guy. Okay? So he's like Adam Shine. He's like Colin Coward. I know that there's some slight differences, but it's just they're they're just media guys. They're just out there. He just happens to cover the team, but he's not a Packer fan. He's just a guy whose assignment is to talk explicitly about the Packers. But he's an ESPN media guy, and he's on Dallas radio, and I'm listening to the guy call Jair a douchebag and say that the Packers are a year away from competing, and I just feel like that's maybe not the way I would assess it, and I'm not a huge fan of it. And I think that all he did was go there and suck up and talk about, you know, the Packers aren't that good, defense isn't very good, they're a year away, Jair is selfish. By the way, McCarthy's great. I always knew Dak was going to be amazing. It doesn't surprise me because McCarthy's great and Dak is so great. And it just felt like a giant suck-up fest. And so my thought was, is, and will always continue to be that he grew up in Arlington Heights. I'm assuming a Bears fan. It would be great for him because I, I don't think he likes covering the Packers. I think he believes he's above it and would love to be in a bigger market. And so I thought Chicago would be a good fit for him. But the bottom line is he's not going to get some kind of special immunity. Again, if you agree, then he didn't say anything wrong. But if you disagree, and he's a media guy from the outside attacking your team, I kind of feel like you have an obligation to stand up for your team and to stand up for Jair. Whether or not you think the reaction was proportionate or not, I don't know, whatever. that, that, That has nothing really to do with the individual responses. Some of the individual responses were kind of douchey, I'm guessing, I don't know. But the fact that thousands of people piled on has really nothing to do with anything. Well, the reaction was was too big. Well, that just means a lot of people had a certain opinion. That doesn't mean the individual opinions are wrong. And again, maybe the reason it got so big is because Rob has a very bad reputation among Packer fans. So the bottom line is, I don't agree with his assessment, and because his assessment included character attacks on one of our key players, I wasn't a fan of the comment. And I, I saw other comments to the effect of, you know, how can he get blamed for comments that Packer fans have been making? First of all, Packer fans, quote unquote, haven't been making those comments. Certain individuals have been making those comments. And yes, if some individuals have been attacking Jair and then attack Rob Demoski for attacking Jair, that would be stupid. But here's, here's the reality. That didn't happen. Nobody that doesn't like Jair is attacking Rob for his comments against Jair. So that's dumb. That's a nonsense comment. I don't like Domofsky's comments, just like I don't like anybody's comments that have been disparaging toward Jair, and I've been very clear on that. But I think part of the frustration, too, is you can say whatever you want. He's not a Packer fan, and he's not a representative for the team or whatever, but that's what he was brought in to be. He was brought in to be the subject matter expert, and he really just went in there to suck up to the Dallas Cowboys and talk down to the Packers and then talk down about a person's character on the football team. I'm not even trying to say that's off limits. I have made comments like i I talked about Rogers and his intentions and whatever, and if I'm wrong, then I'm a douche, but again he's he's gonna stand on his opinion, good for him, and I'm gonna stand on mine end of the st- end of story, but let's not play this game where it's like well, that's you that's too much or that's too harsh or you can't say that. He's allowed to say whatever he wants, and he's gonna have to s- live with the consequences of that and good for him for standing on what he believes, but to to pretend like he he should be. Immune from criticism is ridiculous. People didn't like his comments, so they said so. End of story. Like it's, it's the controversy about the controversy. To me, is 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 what's dumb about this. But whatever. I don't know. Again, I, I I hate to even give it this much attention, as though it is this big of a deal. But I just want to state very clearly what I'm saying and why I'm saying what I'm saying and what I think about the situation. Rob has the right to say what he thinks. I have the right to say that I disagree with what he said and how he said it, and I'm, I'm, I think it was kind of douchey, and I don't like all the white knights come along saying, essentially, how dare you? Like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. How about you mind your own freaking business? Like, if, if you agree, just say you agree, but don't tell me I can't have my opinion. Just say, no, I think Rob was right. I think the Packers are a year away from competing, and I think Jair is a selfish D-bag. Okay, cool. You go over there. I'll be over here. We have our different opinions. Great. Go pack, except for Rob. He doesn't say go pack. He just sits there and writes on a, on a journal or something. I don't know what he does. Like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty freaking straightforward how this works. Again, I'm talking in circles. You get the point. All right, let's take a break. I'll come back and, um, I think, start talking about Dallas. That's what we'll do. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. About seeing what you could potentially get. Right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a 400 dollars slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arena club.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, first cursory look at the 2023 Dallas Cowboys. Twelve and five. Uh, Mike McCarthy's a head coach. Brian Schottenheimer, Offensive Coordinator, Defensive Coordinator, Dan Quinn. They are the number one scoring team in the NFL. They are fifth in yards on defense. They are fifth in points given up, fifth in yards. They are the second best team in avoiding turnovers. Number one team in first downs. Third in passing yards. Number one in passing touchdowns. Sixth in net yards per attempt passing. They are 14th in rushing yards, 20th in rushing yards per attempt, 15th in rushing touchdowns, so mid to subpar as a rushing team. Percentage of their drives ending in an offensive score, they're number one. That makes sense. What did I say? The the teams that there are five times a a, a team hasn't punted, two of those five were Dallas. They don't punt a lot. Their, Their drives end in scores a lot. Percentage of drives ending in an offensive turnover, they're 26th. I don't know how to reconcile that, but apparently that's a thing. Average time per drive, number one. Average plays per drive, number one. Yards per drive, number two. Points per drive, number two. So this is kind of a nightmare for the Green Bay Packers just just on its face because if we have a defense that is sort of bend, don't break, this is a team that's very good at long, sustained drives. This is a defense that gives up long, sustained drives. Whether they even score or not, that's going to suck in terms of sucking up the clock and beating our defense into the dirt. And then it becomes a question of, can we actually stop this team before they score the point? And considering they are the number one scoring team, number one in score percentage, number two in points per drive, I would guess that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Defensively, um, fifth in passing yards, this is what they give up. 8th in interceptions, 7th in net yards per attempt, 16th in rushing yards, 11th in touchdowns, 15th in rushing yards per attempt. This is where, again, it's like they're, they're not a very good run-defending team. It's like, I mean, it looks like they're average to me. Percentage of drives ending in an offensive score. Defensively, as weird as it is, they're 26th. 26th. So there's potential there for a really high-scoring game. Number one offense in percentage of drives ending in a score is Dallas. But their defense is 26th. Now on a you know, time per drive, they're 14th, plays per drive 15th, yards per drive ninth, points per drive 10th. Apparently, a lot of these are field goals, I don't know. Very long field goals, apparently. But there you go. Um, the Cowboys are a very, very, very weird football team offensively. It seems to me they're either very, very good or very, very bad. You know, so when I what I do a lot of times is I'll draw a line and I'll say, you know, when they score more than these points, they win, when they score less than these points, they lose. That is true, but the the gap is 7 points. So when they score 23 points or less, they're 2 and 5. When they score 30 points or more, they're 10 and 0. Now, a couple take lots of takeaways here. Number 1, Being 10-0 with games over 30 points is staggering, if it occurred to you that that means they've had 10 games in which they've scored 30 points. What might shock you even more is they have five games where they scored 40 points, one of them being 49 points. Another takeaway, honestly, I don't think it speaks very highly of the defense, although they seem to have a pretty good defense, but it's odd to me that when you get to 23 points or less, you suck. I mean, I could see if the line was at like 16 or something. But essentially, I mean, you could even make it sound worse and say anything under 30, and they're 2-5. and But that's kind of the weird thing, and and my big takeaway is that there's a 7-point gap. They have never scored a game that is between 23 and 30, which, again, either they suck, 23 to the Eagles and lost, 20 to the Chargers and won, 20 to the Dolphins and lost, 20 to Detroit and lost, or won, 16 to the Cardinals, 10 to the 49ers, 10 to the Bills, and they lost those games. or 30, 33, 33, 38, 38, 40, 41, 43, 45, 49, and win. So usually, their offense scores a billion points and they win. But if they don't score a billion points, they're basically going to lose, with a handful of exceptions. Defensively, looking on the opposite side of things, there is a much more narrow and defined line. The part that sucks for Dallas, and and again, this is what's so weird. I mean, usually it's like if you set a low bar, it means your offense sucks, but their offense doesn't suck, but it's just... It's such a weird thing. I have I don't know. When they hold a team to 20 or less points, they are 11 and 0, which makes sense. They have a good offense. If you don't get to 20 points, you're going to get smoked. Here's the thing though. Anything over 20 points, they're 1 and 6. So this is what's weird. It's it's like they either boat race you or they lose. Right? Either we smoke the living crap out of you or we don't win the game. Anything over 20 points, and they lose. Anything under for their offense, 30 points, and they're pretty much going to lose. It's such a weird football team. Miami scored 22, Arizona 28, Philadelphia 28, Buffalo 31, San Francisco 42. They lost those games. And offensively, they didn't score any points. So it's like either they beat the crap out of you or they get the crap beat out of them. Anyways, a couple other things to take note of. If you're interested, get out your pen and paper. 245 passing yards. They're 10 and 1 when they get to 245 passing yards. They're 2 and 4 when they don't. 100 rushing yards, exact same thing. 10 and 1. Under 100 rushing yards, 2 and 4. Like most teams, turnovers very important. Games in which they don't turn the ball over one time, they're undefeated. They are 6 and 0. Defensively, very rarely do first downs correlate, but we got one. Teams that don't get to 20 first downs, Cowboys are undefeated. If you do, they're three and five. If you don't get to 290 passing yards, they are undefeated, eight and zero. Excuse me, uh, 290 total yards. Turnovers, they are undefeated. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven and zero. When you turn the ball over two or more times, however, they have never won a game to a team that doesn't turn the ball over. So that's interesting in and of itself, turnovers. Games in which they don't turn the ball over, they're undefeated. Games in which they don't get a takeaway, they've never won. Finally, let's take a look at uh, DVOA. Looking at weighted DVOA, which I think is more relevant, the Green Bay Packers offense, believe it or not, actually ranks third. Dallas ranks eighth. They have Green Bay as the 4th best passing offense. Dallas as the 11th best passing offense. Green Bay is the 15th best rushing team. Dallas is the 16th best rushing team. On defense, they have Dallas weighted uh, defense, DVOA, as the 6th best defense. Green Bay Packers as the 28th best defense. Dallas Cowboys are the 7th best defense pass defense Green Bay 26th best pass defense and then run defense they have them as the fifth best Packers as 26th so obviously this is the big disparity in this matchup um again DvoA actually does have the Packers offense as being better than Dallas's offense but um defense we're gonna need you know what we've seen the last two weeks more so than um you know the rest of the year and then special teams Dallas ranks 10th The Green Bay Packers, they have at 25th. So, again, advantage Dallas. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break? We'll come back. I want to get to uh, some more calls here because we got a lot of calls to get through, and I want to try to get as caught up as I possibly can. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, one thing I forgot. One thing I forgot.
2: Uh, Caller number
0: five here. Jaquan Brisker? Might be the perfect Bears player for that team and that franchise. Just a loser, loser mentality. Um, he lost and I'm sure you heard his comments about how there's no stars over there. We could have beat him if we had, if we had played them closer. I don't tell that means I guess you wanted to play press man all day. Um, but yeah, so he's supposed to be the one covering people in secondary gets torched twice because the first game we also beat them pretty handily. Mm-hmm. This game, it wasn't even close. The The score is completely misleading because we missed the field goal. We didn't get a field goal try, and we had two drop touchdowns. So uh, it, it should have been much worse. 432 yards, I think they gave up. And uh, he's saying there's no stars over here. There's no special with Jordan Love. It's like, okay, if there's no special and we have no stars, then why did you lose twice to us? And why did you lose twice in embarrassing fashion? What I
2: say about you, Doug?
0: I'm just curious what his response to that would be. It's um, a perfect loser mentality for that loser team that Mm -hmm. always uh, makes up nonsense and talks all the time. All the Bears fans just talk and talk and talk, no matter how many times we have to slap them down. Every single year They are the best team In the off season. They lose to us And say Something around We got lucky We'll beat you the next time We beat them again And then it, it doesn't even matter Next year you'll see Like it's just embarrassing What a perfect player For that fan base And that team Just a complete loser uh, Forgot to mention that So I just wanted to I just wanted to Throw my two cents in About Jaquan Quani B. Brisker What a goddamn loser Sorry I didn't mean to You know what you? <laughs> have
2: a good one. Yeah, I mean, you you basically said it all. I don't have too much to add to to what you said about that, but I mean, that's it's really pathetic that he he went that route. I mean, that's that's like some ten year old BS. That that reminds me of elementary school going back to school after the Packers beat the Bears and having a, having one of my friends go Packers suck Packers. It's like, bro, you lost. Like, you lost. I don't understand like even if the Packers did suck what does that say about you stupid like first of all are you that dumb but it's not even a matter of intelligence it's just pouting it's childish pouting it's it's really incredible that um, a grown adult man would uh, would act that way hey Ryan hey here's Pedro
1: the redhead from Brazil what's going on man so, I know everybody's thinking about the playoffs right now. You're probably getting a bunch of calls talking about the playoffs. But I want to talk about something else.
0: Right.
1: You know, C.J. Shrug probably will be the offensive rookie of the year. I think it's kind of a done deal. It's, kind of cool. it's like a close hand, but probably will be C.J. Shrug. Yep. In his first year as an NFL starter. My question is, if I know Love is not a rookie, but it is his first year as an NFL starter. If he was a workie, playing the way he's playing, who would win? CJ Shroud or Love? I think it's a, uh, it's a a close matchup, but I would say probably Jordan Love, which is amazing, you know? So when I was thinking about that, I got really excited. I want to know your thoughts on that. And yeah, that's it. Bye-bye.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a good question, and um, I mean they're pretty close. If you look at just we'll start with the the PFF grades, Jordan Love eighty three, CJ Stroud eighty two point eight, basically exactly the same. Passing grades, Jordan Love has them by a little bit more, eighty two point seven to seventy nine point four. Um, <sighs> Jordan has more completions. He actually has a higher completion percentage, which is surprising. But you know, Jordan Love has been getting a lot better at that 64.2 compared to 63.9 nearly identical um jordan has more passing yards by 50 actually 49 exactly cj stroud does have more yards per attempt jordan has significantly more touchdowns which is going to be a major metric you know if you're on these types of things it's always like the big numbers and when you have 32 touchdowns compared to cj stroud's 23 granted you're talking about two more games for jordan but that's going to stand out um there are more interceptions for Jordan, 11 compared to 5 for C.J. Stroud, which is great. Big-time throw percentage, which we're getting too deep into the stats for any real discussion about these voting things, but just out of curiosity of who's better, Jordan is higher, 5.6%. Turnover-worthy play, Jordan Love is lower, which is a good thing. Um, adjusting completion percentage, C.J. Stroud is actually slightly higher, 73.1 compared to 739 um, because he's actually dealt with more drops than Jordan Love, despite some Packer fans thinking that our receivers drop everything. Time to throw. Jordan is faster. Uh, passer rating, CJ Stroud is actually higher. Jordan Love, 96.1. CJ Stroud, 100.9. So, I mean, it depends, Um, I guess, what you would weight it toward, what you would be more interested in, but it would, it would definitely be a tight race. It'd be real interesting if, if those two were rookies, first of all. One of the most dominant rookie quarterback performances, like duo performances in the history of the NFL. Um, Very rare to get one rookie to play as well as CJ Stroud. Imagine if you had two, but that would be a fun conversation. And I wonder how that would fall into place. I don't actually know. I kind of wonder if it would be Jordan just because of how hot he got down the stretch. And so, you know, there's going to be more talk. There's going to be more hype around the time people are voting. I don't know. It's a good question. It's interesting. It's funny, too, how very similar they are.
1: Hey, Ryan. It's me again. is the Redhead from Brazil. What's up? So, um, now I want to talk about another thing. I want to talk about next year. Okay? I'm already over the moon with this year's performance. I think we have a, a bunch of really tough matchups in the playoffs. And you know what? I'm already happy, so I'll just enjoy it. Talking about next year, we will have a bunch of players um, more experience than we had this year. You know, if they can start the next season like we are finished this one, finishing this one, uh, I'm really, really, really um, confident on this performance, especially in the offense. But I still think we can make uh, one or two moves in the free agency because we have a lot of uh, players in the rookie contract. Um, especially in the offensive line and wide receiver room. So once we we trade David Backerri because I don't think it's gonna stay, we'll probably have some 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 room on, on on the track. And I know I already talked about this in the in the game stream, but Derek Henry. Oh my God, I really want <laughs> the patch to sign Derek Henry. I know we should go after a young running back because Jones is already um, a little overage, you know. But can you imagine the lightning and thunder combo of Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones and Agent Dylan probably having a lot to learn with Derrick Henry? Yeah. This could be really awesome. This can open up our play-action game like a thousand times more. Um, you're going to make way more difficult to do. Uh, opponent's defense, and we can keep both of them fresh. You know, having ha- having three decent, one decent running back and two really good running backs. They can rotate and be fresh and play more games. I think that that can be really good for offense and can take the pressure of going after a running back in the draft, at least in the first rounds, so we can focus on on offensive line, safety, and a nose tackle. So yeah. I really hope we we make some cap shenanigans and sign. I think that will be awesome in every single level. So yeah, that's it. See you soon. Bye bye.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a tough sell, obviously. I mean, just paying one running back like Aaron Jones is kinda one of those debatable things. Should you pay a running back? Should you pay two running backs? I can't imagine there's anybody in the world that would that would want to fight for that. Um, just in terms of like from a strategy standpoint, whether or not that would be advisable. And then on top of that, like you mentioned, the age factor. I mean, you got two guys at 30 years old at the top of the market for you know running back. It's going to be a really expensive running back room. It is. You're right. A nice thunder and lightning combination. I was just looking at the Derrick Henry is one of the better uh tackle breaking guys in the NFL. I mean that's what we're supposed to get from Dylan but he's not very good at it. Um Derrick Henry actually is the thing. I mean he he's sort of like AJ Dillon if AJ Dillon was what we wanted AJ Dillon to be, what we hoped AJ Dillon would be. And to some degree, I mean Dylan is maybe slightly underrated in terms of his rushing ability, but he's he's not just a very good um, you know, tackle breaker. I think he was fourth or something in missed I don't know why I closed the tab, but like fourth in missed tackles force. So You know, if we remove all the variables, would it be awesome? Heck yeah, it'd be awesome. Is it my favorite? I mean, I'm just going through the free agent list. There's a lot of guys that'd be great to have. I mean, just pretty much any one of these names, most of them are going to get re-signed, but still, any one of these names would be amazing. Chris Jones, uh, Josh Allen, T. Higgins, Brian Burns, Justin Medwick, Christian Wilkins would be fantastic. You want to talk about a high-character guy? I was really excited about him. Um, I don't even know what he's doing out in Miami. I thought the last time I looked, which was a long time ago, that he was doing pretty decent, but really, uh, really good, good human being. That was the one thing I remember that stood out. And I remember some videos came out about him kind of like goofing around with offensive linemen kind of joking around or whatever. But, uh, Antoine Winfield safety would be amazing. Uh, Jalen Johnson from the bears. I'm sure they're not going to let him go, but whatever. That's a lot of these guys. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of guys, um, that would be great to have, um, but we'll we we'll, I'll look. I, that wasn't your question, anyways, and I'll I'll spend some time looking at that at a later time, I suppose. But uh, that's that's I, I think that's the best I can do is, is say I agree. I would love to have Derek Henry here. I don't know that I could be convinced when all the dollars and cents are added up that it would be my vote in terms of how we should spend the limited resources that we're going to end up having. Hey Ryan they
1: the redhead from Brazil here. Yep. So I'm calling to talk with Jersey Mike right now. All right. Okay. Jersey so Mike just heard the pod here. you you telling us that you're going to watch the game. And you know what? I'm happy for you. And I'm all about breaking that curse. So I'm going to give you a few steps. And trust me, that that's the way you're going to break this curse. And, and we're going to win the, the couple of game. First of all, you're going to need to buy a Tucker Craft jersey because he is the curse breaker, okay? You need that, it's just, first thing, you need to go to this game with a Tucker Craft jersey. So you're gonna buy one. Second set, you're going to the church with the jersey. That's important, you're gonna go to the church with the jersey, you can put a sweater on top of it, I don't know, but go to the church with the jersey. Then after that, you're gonna go and you're gonna buy a rabbit foot. You know, some kind of, uh, uh, of token, a of good-look token. If, if you don't want to rub it, if you want another thing, buy it. That's fine. And then you go to the game, okay? These are really important steps to break the curse. You need a curse breaker. You need a church, and you need a good-look token. If you don't do that, I'm sorry, but if you lose, it is your fault. I don't care if you're, if you're playing the, the, the Cowboys, if you're playing um, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, uh Patriots, if we're playing the 49 I don't care. It is your fault. But if you do these steps, I assure you, we're going to win. So that's it. Just let, let, Let's break this curse. Let's break these chains once and for all. And then we're going to break another curse. That is the 49ers playoff curse. That's another step. So one step at a time, and that's it. Bye-bye.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 I um, will sign off on all those prescriptions there. Jersey Mike, you know what to do, man. You know what to do. You know, you know what the right thing to do is. We're all supporting you and going to this game, all right? But you, you have to step up and be a frickin' man and kill these curses and get us a W, man. Crying out loud, dude. Just go beat the Cowboys. I mean, what? I don't feel like we asked that much of you, Jersey Mike.
0: Hey Ryan, for up out the kitchen. Hadn't called in a while. Just got a quick, quick question. Rogers, Shoveling? Rogers to was working. And he wanted to come back as a strictly backup role for He texted Jordan
1: loves quite often before game's after game. They obviously got a good relationship. Would you welcome Rogers back as a backup or a cheat deal? Cause providing that he follows the
0: offensive rules that the court set.
2: So, sounded like the question is, would you want Rodgers back as a backup? Leaving aside the obvious fact that that would never happen for a billion reasons. Let's say, for whatever reason, Rodgers just really wanted to come back. <clears throat> he missed his quarterback coach. He missed Rodgers. He missed Lafleur. The whole thing. Didn't really want money anymore. Wanted backup quarterback money. Whatever. Um, the very, very obvious answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, that... I don't know. I, I we, we'd, we'd have to kind of flesh this out a little bit because, I mean, it's, it's too easy of a yes for me. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I guess if you think he's like super toxic in the locker room, like whatever, that guy. I don't. I mean, if he wants to come back and be a backup, he obviously wants to come back and he's just going to help Jordan kind of figure stuff out, and I would love to have him be able to help Jordan figure stuff out. That and or, you know, you got to pay him just a stupid amount of money. The answer then would just be no, because it's not really that necessary. But I mean, if he's just getting like, you can even say on the higher end, but like, it's still just backup quarterback money. Like, I don't know who who would be a, who's even floating around out there these days. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I don't feel like looking it up. Fine. Sure. Definitely. Because then you got Jordan Love, you know, week 17, Jordan Love goes down. He's going to be out for like three weeks. So we need, we need somebody that's going to carry us the last two weeks of the season and win you a playoff game. And I got fresh Aaron Rodgers coming off the bench. Bro, you're going to get smoked. The only problem is then there's a whole, like, controversy. Like, oh, Rodgers is better. He should stab, rabble. But I'm willing to deal with stupid people saying stupid things. Don't eat. I don't care. The answer to the question is yes. So anyways, it's getting late here. I got to get going to bed. You guys have a fantastic rest of your day. Man, it is, we got football tomorrow. We have playoff football tomorrow, And that is a precursor to, oh my gosh, we got two days to the Packers. I can't do it. Should we do a live stream on Saturday? Should we do like a, should we do like a thing? I don't know. Something to do. Probably not, but maybe. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, the, the, the butterflies just hit me. It's still like several days. I'm a day behind you. But it's like, I'm talking to you, and you're, tomorrow is Saturday, and Saturday is playoff football, which is crazy. And then the next day is the Packer game. I can't even do it, dude. I can't even do it. Hey, by the way, we got to start talking food here. We, I mean, it's playoffs, bro. We got to do something epic. I don't know what to do. And if the Packers win, we got to do something epic mega epic. I don't know what it is, but we got to figure that out. I I don't know how to sort this out. But you guys have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.